Hi, everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, good morning, sir. How are you today? Oh, Sir Alan of the Roundtable, I am, let's say, glad to be here. Yeah. Um, this is, um, you know, you and I are sitting here. It's the it's the day after Thanksgiving. Yes. And uh, Happy Thanksgiving belated. Yes, Happy Thanksgiving belated to everybody and to you, Alan of the Roundtable. To you and, as well. And you too, Harvey. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, we're sitting here. I, I, I know we both have our Arbucks coffee. Yes, I, I was in line with you this morning. Holy crap. Yeah. They have sauce. You know that? <laughs> we're not allowed to talk about sauce. I know we're not sauce. allowed to talk about that. But, yeah. um, uh, we're, you know, we're on fumes this yeah, morning. Yeah, pretty much. And, you, and, and the, our viewers should know why we're on fumes. That's fair. Because yeah. Because we... I think this is a good setup. Yeah. This, we've got this... Well, Thanksgiving for one. I ate a lot. How about you? Oh, it... it, it L tryptophan knocked me on my Thanksgiving butt. I, I I slept for several hours in a meat coma. My, my mine was a plant based tryptophan. So yeah, it, it's totally different. It actually makes you more alert. It just makes me sad. But but <laughs> and it makes you sad. Yeah. Yes. Did you did you have the the like the soy turkey that like was in the carved in the shape of a turkey and it jiggled when the plate? That's the later was... today. No, because we we do two Thanksgivings. We have one with my wife's parents, which we did on Thanksgiving. Right. We have fish on that one, and which I find delightful because it's a little bit of a break. All the other sides I think are roughly the same, but yeah. we have fish, and I kind of like that. So I tell you what, a, a well prepared fish yeah. is this is fried fish. It's hard to go wrong said. with. Yeah. <laughs> right. Dude, I mean, I'm in. Yes, me too. I'm, I'm ready for some leftovers. Holy cow. Yeah. But, dude. Yeah. This, this super size. Yes. Which I'm thankful for, speaking of being thankful. Yes. And I'm thankful to have Ron Swanson giving out our great Thanksgiving message this year. Hadn't done that in a while. So that was kind of nice. I like that he did that. Yeah. I also did not like that he left before the ending made and us and finish had to, it had to step just in mean. all of a sudden it's yeah. very awkward it was weird i don't like being awkward yeah but um yeah like you and i stayed up for what six seven eight nights in a row at least you know just with without any sleep for you our viewers just <laughs> slicing and dicing this monstrosity you of slept it. here in the studio oh which i'd normally do i went home to my luxury apartment yeah i know you do um you go there by hover car like you i do, do yes like um, the jetsons <laughs> um but holy cow so this is a big one yeah so what mark's referring to everybody is that that this is depending on how you slice and dice and look at things Mm -hmm. like if you go out to the imdb there they'll tell you they'll lie to you and they'll tell you this was two episodes big liars yeah and technically uh, it's a good segue here on april 24th Mm -hmm. 2014 at 8 p.m they aired part one of this two-part episode called Moving Up. Mm-hmm. And at 8.30, they did air part two. So technically, IMDb's right in the sense that that's how they played it on television. They are mechanically could be considered two episodes. Yeah. But if you sat down with your big bowl of yeah. popcorn and you were ready to watch, you didn't have to get up. You didn't like have it to just get goes up. Boom, no. boom. I mean, unless you, back in the day, you actually watch real commercials and... I'm sorry for you, but yeah. I don't know what that means anymore, either, but yeah. yeah. But uh, like streaming. if you go to the Peacock today, not you won't find the 43 combined version. What you'll actually find is what we're covering today, the producer's cut. 53. 53 whopping damn minutes. So essentially what we're saying is- More this, than two episodes together normally. It's, it's, it's more like two and a half. Yeah, it's about two and a half minutes. I mean the, episodes. This is almost the size of a small Parks and Rec movie. It is basically a Parks and Rec movie. Yeah. I mean, if it you, really yes, is. It really is. Yes. 
and, and enough happens in it. There's enough to talk about, enough to cover that we've decided actually to break this up over two weeks. We're going to cover part one today, and we'll be back next week with part two. Oh, yeah. We did decide that. We did decide that. The look in your face scared me for a moment because I thought I decided that without telling you. But I was pretty sure we had that conversation. I'm I'm just tired. Yeah. I, I need the some mar- more. The, mar- the Arbucks has kicked in. Yeah, so. yeah, hasn't kicked in yeah. yet. So. Yeah, we're going to split it up because holy crap on a crap cracker, that's a lot. I think it would be good because that way, you know, people need to use the bathroom and stuff like that. Maybe they'll binge it. Maybe they'll listen to this back to back, you know? Yeah, back to back to back. Yeah, back to back to back. Yeah. Yeah. Even or, better. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we're going to cover it in two parts. And uh, I'll just start by saying that this episode, both the episodes technically were yeah. directed by the great Mike Schur. Of I course. mean, who better, you know, to I, I agree. end the season. And he often does end the season right. in some capacity. And I bet he was also in the writer's room, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, but the writer's room technically. So so Mike got the golden megaphone. Right. And the golden, uh, what do they call that? Pen. The pen, yeah, was shared by Aisha Mamirar and Alan Yang this week. Good combo. Yeah, it's a great combo. And, um, you know, so for Mike, this is sadly getting very close to his last episode. Of course, we're getting close to the last episode, so not shocking. Mike, this is six and seven for Mike out of eight. For Aisha, this is her 12th and 13th out of 14 that she wrote, unless you count the 2020 special. I do. Uh, I do too. And then Alan, this is his 14th and 15th out of 16. So everybody's basically got one left in the can after this. Wow. Yeah, of this trio. Wow. And I think we've had this trio before. Yeah, I think we you're certainly right. had Mike and Alan or Mike and Aisha, but I don't know about the three of them. So fun stuff. Yeah, very fun stuff. Well, Mark, is it time to do the synopses? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Is this like a 20 minute segment now? What, what do we got to do here? All right, but we're only... Strap in. Let's do this. All right, let's do it. Because you're gonna you're gonna tell us the synopses for the whole thing, but today we're gonna basically draw the line somewhere in the middle. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. So All right, folks. Not, let's see how this goes. I'll say it like this. Usually, I say I split this sucker up into blah 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 stories. Yes, yes. I I did that here. Yeah. But when I considered what I was splitting up into all the stories was the entire fifty three minute monstrosity. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, strap in. All right. This is so much work, and I didn't have an Arbex coffee for all of it, that I'm afraid uh, my my creative juices were not firing when it came to the title, so they're just more functional. Well, if you look at my notes, you can clearly see where I fell asleep on the keyboard. There's a whole lot of, like, just Q's and R's. Yeah. Slobber coming out of here. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so my A story, I just simply entitled Leslie's Future. Okay. With the Unity concert six days away, Leslie is in San Francisco, scheduled to speak at the National Parks Conference about the Pawnee-Eagleton merger. At the conference, Leslie bumps into Grant Larson, who invites her to lunch and introduces her to a number of her idols, including Michelle freaking Obama. Wow. Yeah, well, Grant tells a starstruck Leslie he needs a final decision from her by tomorrow, and after all this, Leslie is heavily leaning towards taking the job. Later... Leslie gives her speech at the conference, describing the Pawnee-Eagleton merger completing in 6 to 12 months, but her timeline is ridiculed by the audience, with two department heads suggesting the merger will need 10 years of constant hands-on management or else risk her precious town losing its cityhood and becoming unincorporated territory. (gasps) Oh no. Needless to say, this shakes Leslie to her core. 
And despite meeting her idols earlier and how sure she was she was going to take the job earlier and how perfect the job seems, she's now considering not taking it. What will happen? Will Leslie take the job? Will Leslie move away from Pawnee? Can Leslie find a way to have it all? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice. Yeah. I had the same A story. Yeah. Did you ever say how many you're splitting this into? No, I didn't, because no? that way I get to say after the fact, I've split it into four. I mean, like, that's Vegas, baby, because I'll tell you what, <laughs> the odds of us being on the same page on this one, pretty minimal. That I agree. I just spend the spinners like, okay, 10, 3, 7, I mean, how many are there? It's like Loki's, the, the timeline there, the, you know, the way they call that, the prime timeline. No, they call it the... the uh, that's what Amazon does, right? <laughs> the prime timeline. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's exactly. Of course. Which, uh, ironically, yeah, they, they sell the Loki there and stuff. But anyway, uh, yeah. So on that timeline... You're talking about the TV show? I am talking about the TV show. It's pretty good. It is really good. We All just right. finished season two, as a matter of fact. Oh my gosh. Yeah, speaking of tangents. But... um. Sorry. Yeah, we could have taken this and done this as seven stories, 27 stories. I, yeah. Four is the right number. And I like what you did when you just said, this is, this one's about Leslie. Because that's basically what it is. Well, that's what I had to do. Because when it's spanning this 53 minutes, I just kind of simplified it and said, yeah. you know, generic title, no. but it's functional. It's definitely in two phases, but it is all about her for sure. Right, right. So for me, yes, sir. because it's about her job, uh, by the way, my theme today is, you know, if you do something on YouTube, like I do that, you put stuff up there all and the time, it's somebody else's content, yeah. they'll, they'll copyright claim you and then oh. you, that you can't do it then. Make a note. So, yeah. So, later. Okay. so basically, these were all Parks and Rec inspired songs mm-hmm. that got copyright claimed and had to be changed. Okay. All right. So originally, this one was going to be called Take This Job and Shove It, but they had to change it to Take This Job and Shelve It. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> Johnny Paycheck's people just got angry. Yeah. Yeah. Great name, Johnny Paycheck. Yep. There yeah. you go. That, that is one of the best names in, it is. in rock and roll or any kind of music. Yeah. Yeah. Country rock, whatever. Whatever Johnny's technically was. Folksy rock. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's better than my title for sure. What was your B story, Mark? My B story. What was my B story? Um, uh, Creative juices have run out. I called it Tom's Bistro. (laughs) (laughs) I like where your head is. I'm just because it's it's, clarity. It's all about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's clarity. All right. Tom's Bistro is set to open in six weeks, but when investor Mitch Savner mentions how great it would be for the restaurant to be ready in six days for the Unity concert, Tom jumps the gun and promises to have the place ready for a soft opening the next day and be ready for officially opening at the end of the week. Tom desperately brings all hands on deck, recruiting April, Craig, Ron, and Donna to help him get the restaurant serviceable. Things do not go real well um ron is you know by his standards unable to make 20 freaking chairs you know overnight uh craig can't really do his job as sommelier because he of the he got sinus allergy issues going on there uh jerry orders the menus with let's just say the wrong background image and leave it at that for now um as the night goes on Mitch Savner becomes more and more concerned and more and more upset Mm-mm. with the way that Tom is running things. How will this turn out? Will Tom's investor Mitch Savner back out of the deal? Could there be another opportunity for Tom's bistro to be redeemed? 
does Tom find a way to turn things around? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Very nice. Yeah. And and not only do we both have four stories, we had the same four stories. So that's also my B story. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, you know, so it's Tom's party. Yeah. And he we, he we originally called this it's, it's My Party, you know, by Leslie Gore. Yeah. They, they, her people got angry and they made him change it to um, It's My Bistro and I can open if I want to. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so... So what was your C story, Mark? All right. C story incoming. Um, no creative juices. I called this Ben's legacy. Okay. You know what? That fits. Though. Yeah, it does fit. All right. Ben, we mentioned that Leslie was in San Francisco speaking at the conference. Yeah. Well, Ben and Andy are also in San Francisco. They are meeting with tech company Grizzle, who is apparently giving away free Wi-Fi to a few cities across the U.S., Ben uh, wants to meet with them to pitch the idea of Pawnee being one of the cities to get free Wi-Fi. Unfortunately, uh, Grizzle is only focusing right now, at least, on big cities. And so after their meeting, they turn Ben down. After some time to think, Ben is determined to not take no, darn it, for an answer. And he goes back with Andy a second time. This time, however, he sees a large group of Grizzle employees, including the Grizzle owners he spoke to in the first meeting, playing the board game he invented. What? That's right. They are playing the Cones of Dunshire. What will happen? How did Grizzle get their hands on the Cones of Dunshire? Can Ben leverage the Cones of Dunshire to his advantage? Will Pawnee get free Wi-Fi? Hang in there, true believers only. Time will tell, dot, dot, dot. I love it, Mark. Yeah. I actually wore my Cones of Dunshire shirt today. That's awesome. In honor of the, this episode. Now, we realize that, you know, viewers out there, you're not really viewers. And so Alan could be making this up. He is not. No, no. There's he video is... proof. And maybe one day we'll actually get these on YouTube. Right. Like, probably everything from th- season three on. I don't even know if we hit record with, on video for the first two or three seasons. Um, we'll find out one day. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm once the AI robots are done editing all that footage. I know in seasons 1 and 2 I'm not dressed nearly as dapper oh, as sure. I am today, yeah. so I may be embarrassed to, Well, we to started in COVID that. and we were in yeah, that's our right. respective homes. That's right. That's you right. had your 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 pink screen or your I think it's supposed to be a green screen. No, it's a pink screen. Up. It doesn't really like, go that well. Look, I'm secure enough in my masculinity. Sure. I can I can use Oh, pink oh no, no shaming. I, I pink is actually one of my favorite colors. So <laughs> Okay, well, whatever. Wow, <laughs> that took see, a turn. See how the tables turn? Uh, like, like that. On a dime. <laughs> what was your uh, title Oh, yeah, yeah. So so my copyright claim. So, you know, Tom, you know, he, he or not Tom. Well, actually, this will tell you what. Tom recommended this song to Ben. Um, it's Missy Elliott's All, All in My Grill, you know, because he's like, they're in his face with the game. I love it. Yeah. So they, they had to change that to All, All Up in My Grizzle. Just fits better. But I think they have a grill, too. So it's like the Grizzle Grill. The Grizzle Grill. Yeah. yeah. It's coming out this fall. I love it. <laughs> NBC. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Copyright. Yeah. Yeah. You, did you do a D story, Mark? <laughs> yes. I did D story. I, I think you said four. I said D story. What was your, what was your D story, Mark? My D story with no creative stuff is called... Why break a theme? Yeah, that's my theme is I gave up. <laughs> my, I my, my, theme. The fourth in my give up theme is Unity Concert. 
finally we witnessed the day that we've all been waiting for. Yeah, it's time. The, we've talked about it for almost all season, or yep. it seems like all season. It, pretty much. Several, several episodes, at least half the season. Yeah. Unity concert is now here. It's happening. April and Andy lead the final Unity concert planning meeting with a main goal of getting 2,000 signatures in support of the Pawnee Eagleton merger. Andy also tries one last time, unsuccessfully, to get Ron to play as Duke Silver during the concert. Later, we see the Unity concert in full swing with headline acts The Decemberists, Genuine, Letters to Cleo, Bobby Night Ranger, and Lan Ho bringing in huge crowds. So good. Andy performs as Johnny Karate on the children's stage and afterwards bumps into Burley. And the two reminisce over Mouse Rat's breakup and it brings back memories for Andy because he misses being in a band. I think he also kind of misses rock and roll. Not that he doesn't like being a children's performer, but it's just, yeah, it's not quite the same. On a similar note, Diane encourages Ron, like, why don't you get up on stage? Like, kind of kick back and have yeah. some fun. He he doesn't. He has no intention of doing that. How will this turn out? Can Andy find a way to deal with the fact that he misses being in a band? Does Ron become convinced to play as Duke Silver at some point? Will the gang manage to collect 2,000 signatures in support of the Pawnee Eagleton merger? Put on your helmet and don't get stuck. You won't believe the outcome of this one, dot, dot, dot. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, I like the excitement there. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting stuff. <laughs> Mark, my, my, my uh, D story, like with yours there, is also, you know, about the uh, the Unity, Unity concert, concert. Right. And whether or not, you know, the merger is going to work. So originally they were going to have this, you know, that great Journey song, Don't Stop Believing." Yes. But, you know, no, copyright claim. Couldn't do it. So they actually turned it into Don't Start Bereaving. You know, because of the sadness over huh. that the, it might the merger night work might not work. Wow, that's a that's a thinker. I gotta think about that one. <laughs> well, you, you see it on a T-shirt; it makes total sense. <laughs> <laughs> Just Harvey, could you add that to the T-shirt uh, list? Please? Uh, it's like thirty T-shirts. We gotta go make now. It's a lot of them. Yeah, it very is. nice. Well, good job, Mark. Yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, did you do an AKA this week? Because you know, with f- fifty-three minutes, surely you got at least one AKA. Well, you know, I. I have always followed the rules except when I don't. Yeah, but, I was but say. With regards to AKAs, I, I have been doing one and you do like six or seven. I just did two today. That's impressive. So that's like an equivalent of me doing one. Pretty much. <laughs> well well done. Yeah, it was. But, but I'll it, only say one. They're back. You know, I got a backup, Mark. Look, you're you right through. 53 minutes. It was hard to pick one. We covered last week. I'm a Girl Scout. I came prepared for this. Yes, you are. Or Boy Scout. Whatever. Whichever one was prepared. Pink screen, whatever. Okay. Wow. So so my my uh, my uh, AKA actually came from Grizzle owner Mike Bean. All right. Who was describing to Ben because of their meteoric rise, Alan. Yeah. Uh, he says to Ben, he says to Ben, he says... Six months ago, I was working in a taco truck. Now I own one-third of the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. That was pretty funny. How about you? He was barefoot at the time, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, so, actually, I think it might be part of that same conversation where Ben's trying to get the Wi-Fi, the free Wi-Fi for Pawnee. Nice. And, you know, he says something. He compared them. They're going to bigger markets like yeah. Akron. Yeah. And Ben said, well, obviously, we're no Akron. I mean, we're more like a Dayton. But with your help, we can become Toledo, which that's a good I, way to describe it. Oh, my God. So, I, you know, this I work in Indiana and Ohio. 
Like yeah. I go back and forth between the two. Yeah, you do. And that joke is funny. Like <laughs> if you spend any time in Ohio, that's very funny. So I, I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but I really enjoyed that one. So oh, Toledo. it's a lot to put on a t-shirt though. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot to put on the I'm determined to make it work. So, well, nice job, Mark. I think it is time to actually jump into our breakdown and get the show on the road. Okay, here we go. Cold open for this monstrosity, and here we go, and don't get stuck and stuff. All right. We start off our double-sized, super-sized, producer's cut, extra special, wonderful, awesome sauce, season six finale with the cold open. I already said that. All right, good place to start. In this cold open, we see Leslie, Ben, and Andy standing outside on the coast of San Francisco, looking across San Francisco Bay at Alcatraz. Harvey, start us off, good sir. Play the clip. Whoa, Alcatraz. Can't believe Michael Bay spent a billion dollars of his own money to build that for The Rock. I can't believe you were able to recite that entire movie from memory on the plane ride. You weren't trying to sleep, were you? I couldn't tell because you had that mask thing over your eyes. This may be the craziest week of my entire life. I am six days away from the start of the Unity concert. I am pregnant with triplets. I am trying to decide if I should take a job that will move me away from Pawnee. And I am speaking at the National Parks Conference in San Francisco. It is gonna be so much fun. Michelle Obama is the keynote speaker. And you know what they say, what happens at a National Parks Conference is compiled and emailed to you in a PDF the following Monday. Yep. We gotta find a way to break in there. They give tours. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly how they'll be expecting me to try to break in. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what they'll be expecting. Sweet, stupid Andy. Yup. Gotta love it. Mark, I'm trying to decide if that whole scene there was actually shot in San Francisco or if that's green screen. And I'll say this, if it's green screen, they did an amazing job for a TV show. I agree. Yeah. I think maybe they shot it on location. I think they did. Yeah, I think they did too. So if not Leslie's hair, they had the, just the right amount of fan on her hair to make it look real. Right. Yeah. Impressive stuff. Well, Mark, we open up the season finale following our cold open at Tom's Bistro. And despite preparations for the Unity concert, Tom and his crew are working on preparations for the opening of the Bistro. And don't worry, there's still plenty of time for both. Right, Mark? Uh-huh. Well, let's see what happens. Dot, dot, dot. Back in good old Pawnee, um, as you said, Alan, we now cut to Tom's Bistro, which Tom is currently planning on opening in six weeks. We see Tom talking with which his... Which they basically reference as on track for July. Right. Okay. Right, right. Um, and we see Tom talking with his investor, Mitch Savner. And while Mitch is, in general, I think, pleased with the way that things have gone, he does mention, ah, what a shame it is that we won't uh, be ready to open in six days when the Unity concert first starts, because we really could have taken advantage of the extra publicity. Ever the optimist and perhaps not thinking things through completely, Tom calls an audible and says, you know what, why not? Let's go for it. In fact, let's have a soft opening tomorrow, meaning 24 hours from now. Yeah. Yikes. And then be ready in time for the Unity concert after party in six days. Mitch loves this oh, yeah. idea. April and Craig, who are standing nearby and hear all this, start freaking out, realizing they are nowhere near ready for this. Well, it may be like 27 hours, Mark, so that's fine. Like, all kinds of time. You know what? 
I stand corrected. Yeah, there, there you go. go. They're fine. Well, actually, we know that it's incomplete because everything looks in disarray, and they're even like putting, you know, the painting, hand painted, you know, lettering on the so- on the window there. Yeah, and it just doesn't say Tom's Bistro yet. It just says Tom's Buy. <laughs> and April goes, "All right, that's fine. We're good." You know what? Yeah, yeah. that'll work. <laughs> We're ready. Let's do this. <laughs> Well, from Pawnee, we head west to the city of San Francisco for the 2014 National Parks Conference, where Leslie quickly finds a new friend and catches up with an old one. Yeah, back in San Francisco, we see Leslie arriving at the conference, attempting to pick up her name tag at the table, when Grant Larson walks up to Leslie, greets her, and, since Leslie has been ducking his calls, invites her to lunch. When Leslie seems hesitant, Grant sweetens the pot a little bit by mentioning that the Department of the Interior's resident bad boy, Liam Bonneville, will also be there. Now, Alan, how could Leslie possibly say no to that? Uh, she's got, he, I'm sure there's a picture of him in her office somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, it's, uh, he, Grant knows how to do this. He's, he knows who his audience is. Yes, he does. Yeah. Well well said. Yeah. I think Leslie most likely has a, a, a poster of Liam Bonneville maybe out golfing Tiger Woods. <laughs> Probably. It wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me either. Well, Mark, from there across town, Ben and Andy are working on a technology proposal that could be a game changer for Pawnee. And uh, Ben has finally learned the true definition of grizzle dump. Mm, sounds menacing. Yeah. Well, remember, they mentioned grizzle dump like a few weeks ago. And we're like, That's Tom, right. Tom was like, what the heck is grizzle yeah, dump? Yeah, there's a song that was trinking on grizzle dump. <laughs> it was trinking on grizzle dump. That was, that was actually, I think, the first mention of grizzle. Uh, in, that was in, the in first mention way. of grizzle. Yes, you're yeah. exactly right. Any hoozle. Um, yeah, we now cut. We're still in San Fran, and we now cut to Ben and Andy uh, walking outside towards the campus of overnight success tech company Grizzle. Huh. And Ben tells us via Talking Head that Grizzle is giving away free Wi-Fi to a few cities across America, and they're going to pitch Pawnee to them. And we then cut inside one of the Grizzle campus buildings where we see Ben and Andy uh, meeting with a young man named Mike Bean and a young woman named Sam Nutt, which I love. I uh, two of the Grizzle, I guess, co-owners. Probably co-founders, yeah. Uh, or co-founders. Ben tries to make the case for giving free Wi-Fi to Pawnee, mentioning little factoids like, for example, they lead the country in online pizza ordering. It's kind of impressive. If people go to the library just to order pizzas. <laughs> Unfortunately, Mike Bean and Sam Nutt uh, are not real keen on the idea, nah. saying that they're kind of focused on bigger cities like Shreveport and Akron, <laughs> not like both to, our AKAs came from this scene. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Now, Alan, they don't like to say uh, no. No, oh, sure. It could, on account of it's counterproductive yeah. to their creative well, uh, sure. mission. Yeah. So what? What did they say instead? Nah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben's like, "How is that better?" I'm not sure it's better, but uh, they don't like to say no, so that's the way that goes. I mean, hey, you know, yeah. you got to do what works for you, I suppose. I guess. Yeah hippies like they're they didn't even have <laughs> shoes on these people can't be serious well they don't have shoes on and then like they they look across the room and someone's getting their hair cut oh yeah like yeah really like that you guys do that like yeah we're work collective we just do what we want and andy's like could i try oh my god which yikes yes yeah we'll then see. he actually comes back at the end of the scene he's like guys check it out oh, yeah. i'm all done i only made like 12 Some mistakes, mistakes. <laughs> and the guy feels the big bald spot on the back of his head yikes love it very funny well, back in Pawnee, we revisit the fourth floor and get a chance to see Ron's progress on his project of, you know, government work avoidance, I think is what he called it. And Tom does his best to recruit Ron for Tom's Bistro. 
Alan, Alan, did you say the fourth floor? I that, did. That that terrible, terrible. Uh, hor- was the third hor- floor. Horrendous. Uh, uh, you know, frightening, uh, yellow-tinged uh, floor of That's where fright. Ethel Beavers worked. Right, right. This, this is not that, Mark. The, this is the third, the third floor. floor. It's all, like, yeah. clean and pristine it's and just remodeled. Rod did a really nice job. He really did. He really yeah. did, yeah. So, yeah, back in Pawnee, we cut to City Hall where we see Tom visiting Ron on the third floor yeah, that, um, that he just finished remodeling. And Tom cuts to the chase and asks Ron, please drop everything that you are doing or will ever do. And please, the, the chairs that you're you're going to take your time and you thought you had six weeks to finish, could you please now do it overnight? And at first it looked like Ron might be irate, but that since he had finished with the third floor, it turns out he was looking for a new project anyway, so what the hell. you know? So he agrees. Tom is appreciative, but at the same time very nervous because Ron doesn't have a lot of time and his chairs take time. A lot of time. His yeah. chairs take a lot of time, as a matter of fact. Nope. Yep. Well, meanwhile, back at the Fairmont in San Francisco. I've been there, by the way. You have? It's a beautiful hotel. Really? Yeah. yeah, they have a very nice conference center, and that's where these scenes take place, actually. Wow. So yeah. they really are on location. I believe in this case they are on location. Yeah. Very nice. Anyway, anywho, Mark. Anywho. While on. there, Leslie meets the keynote speaker herself and realizes that Grant is playing with a fully stacked deck, and she's going to have a hard time saying no. Yeah, yeah. Who was the keynote speaker? Uh, Michelle freaking Obama. What? Yeah. What? Yes. <laughs> Dopey face. Yes. Um, so back in San Fran, we cut to Leslie as she is being taken to lunch by Grant Larson. And they walk up to a table uh, outside and Grant introduces Leslie to some of her idols, including Rebecca Veruvian, of whom she custom made a poster and hung it on her wall, I think dunking on Charles Barkley <laughs> uh, when God. she was a kid. And... <laughs> Leslie and we also finally get to meet oh, sure. the one and only, the Department of the Interior's resident bad boy, <laughs> Liam Bonneville. He's got a lot the, of attitude, doesn't he? He's got a lot of attitude. Well, he's a bad boy, Alan. He's a bad boy, That's yeah. what bad boys yeah. do. Yeah, that's right. You may not know that. To say Leslie is starstruck is putting it lightly. We then cut to after lunch with Leslie and Grant walking in the hallways of the conference building. And, and if Leslie thought she was starstruck before... That ain't nothing compared to this. Harvey, cue it, play the clip. That was the best lunch I ever had. I have to see the photos that you took. I didn't take any photos. What, Grant, come on. Leslie, you're treating those people like they're your heroes. They could be your peers. Look, I really hope you take the job, but we're at the end of the line here. I need a decision by tomorrow. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I would be insane not to take the job, but I'm just having some trouble thinking about leaving Pawnee. Hey, here's someone who may be able to convince you. Hello, Mrs. Obama. Hey, Grant, how you doing? Wow. Doing good. This is Leslie Nope. She's considering a job with us running the new Midwest Bureau in Chicago. Well, you know how I feel about Chicago. You are from Chicago, so you like it. Uh, That's right. And we need passionate people like you in our national parks. You know they get hundreds of millions of visitors each year. Are you nodding because you agree with me? Yes. I do agree with you. I agree with you on all things throughout history until the end of time forever. You and Grant work together? Yeah, we work together a lot. He's helped me integrate the Let's Move program into our national parks, you know, getting kids outside, rock climbing, hiking. Wow, that's really, really incredible. Great work. I'm sorry I'm talking so loud. I'm getting louder now and I can't stop. My apologies. (laughs) Just, I don't know. Can I high-five you? Yeah, well, I hope you take the job. Change happens one person at a time. Good to meet you. 
<sighs> Again, think it over. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Grant. So a few things. First of all, very nice cameo by Michelle Obama. Yes. Um, to, I was I was stunned at how much Leslie's actions, which were extremely funny, yes, reminded me of Manic Ben. Oh yeah, you know what? You're exactly right. I, I kept thinking about her reaction to Biden, which very similar. very similar. Yeah. But I didn't make the Ben connection. But you're absolutely right. Yes. And then I love at the end where you know. Grant smugly is like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I just, I just introduced you to Mel, uh, Michelle freaking Obama. Why don't yeah. you think it over? And Grant walks away, and she's just kind of like, <laughs> she's like laughing and cackling to herself as she's pounding her head against the wall. Oh my gosh! I th- she's in seventh heaven right now. Yeah, well, that'd be a pretty big honor to meet the first lady. Heck yeah, yeah. And bad boy Liam Bonneville, yeah, as a chaser. I mean, come, come on. on, yeah, it's a lifelong fantasy right there. That's right. Yeah. After a short break, Leslie meets up with Ben and Andy, and as Andy experiments with the wonders of gravity, mm. Leslie catches Ben up and uh, buries the lead, as it turns out. Andy and Isaac Newton. There yeah. you go. All right. So we're, we're still in San Fran, uh, and I think some time has passed since the last scene, and we cut to Leslie and Ben at the top of a huge hill with Andy, who is holding a skateboard. And at first they thought maybe Andy was going to ride the skateboard down the hill. Turns out he just wanted to let it go and see it zoom, <laughs> which is also fun. Well, while Andy gleefully chases after his runaway skateboard, uh, Leslie tells Ben all about her lunch with Grant Larson and how she met Rebecca Verruvi and Liam Bonneville and Michelle Obama. Holy crap. And that she's finally made a decision, by the way. She's going to take the job. There you go. Yep. Well, Mark, we now jump back to Pawnee and Tom's Bistro, where Tom is putting pressure on the team and, and quickly discovers a few setbacks. We we uh, shift back to good old Pawnee, and it's now the day of the soft opening for Tom's Bistro. And we see everybody uh, preparing. And specifically here, we see Tom speaking to Donna, Craig, April, and Ron, who is making chairs while listening to him. Harvey, play the clip, sir. We have 10 tables booked for the soft opening. It's all friends and family, so hopefully they'll go easy on us. How's it looking, Ron? Maybe uh, speed it up a little? This is not government work. <laughs> As such, I treat it with care and attention. There you go. Okay, but also, go faster. I haven't had time to hire staff yet, so April, you'll handle service. No, can't I just stay in the back and spit in people's food like we planned? <laughs> uh, the sawdust from Ron's chairs is everywhere. My sinuses are on the fritz and smell is 90% of taste, maybe 95. Okay, Craig. Yes. Donna's gonna be your wine taster. You guys will work as a team. Fine, but if he raises his voice once, once, I'm out. Please don't stick to that policy. <laughs> the menus. Great. <laughs> Larry, what the hell? What are these pictures? Oh, geez. I must have given the printer the wrong flash drive. What is this, a rotten grapefruit? No, it's my dog's rectum. <laughs> Lord Shelton has a growth, so we're sending pictures over to the vet. But I guess this isn't good for menus, is it? Larry? Larry, Larry, <laughs> listen to me. This is the worst thing you've ever done. I need you to take all of these dog butt pictures and burn them in the pizza oven. April, you list all the menu items from memory. It'll be classier anyway. Ron, what was wrong with that one? It was too perfect. It looked machine made. Oh my God. <sighs> okay, we have to Poor convince Tom. him. Tom, things are starting to come unhinged. Yeah, I, uh, he may have bitten off more than he can chew. You know, they, they mentioned in this scene uh, a pizza oven. 
yeah. that, that Tom's Bistro have. You and I were just talking earlier yeah. about a new pizza oven that they installed here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's a, it's a make your own pizza oven. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like make your you, own damn pizza. <laughs> it's kind of like a, when you go to a to a, one of those hotels and they have yeah. the the waffle maker like make your own waffles. That's exactly right. At the breakfast bar with pizza. Yeah, with yeah. pizza. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. kind of nice. Mm-hmm. I, I think actually when we're done here today I'm going to go make myself a pizza. Oh, man, me too. Yeah, that sounds good. Yep. Well, from there Mark, we jump back over to Grizzle and Ben is determined to not take no for an answer and we soon find that fortune favors the Maverick. As always, back in San Francisco, we now cut to Ben and Andy once again walking outside on the Grizzle campus. And we learn via Ben's conversation with Andy and a talking head he gives us that he is not, as you said, Alan, going to take no for an answer. He is determined to make them understand how special Pawnee is. A few minutes later, we see Ben and Andy now again inside one of the campus buildings, and Ben makes his way towards a large crowd gathered around a table and notices, to his surprise, that they are getting ready to play the game he freaking invented, the Cones of Dunshire. Wow. Ben walks up to them and asks how they acquired the game. Uh, when they ask if he plays, Ben tells them that he invented it. And they scoff at him, refu- yeah, refusing it. to believe that he is the architect, <laughs> in, in air quotes. Uh, they like a title, you know? Yeah. However, after a few exchanges about the intricacies of the game, Ben gets their attention and they start to take him seriously. And Ben throws down a challenge. They play a game of Cones of Dunshire. And if Ben wins, they give him another shot pitching free Wi-Fi for Pawnee. They accept, and the game is afoot. Mike asks him, you want to be a corporal or a warrior? And Ben says, neither. The I'm, Maverick. I'm the Maverick. Oh, boy. Love it. Okay, Iceman. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly what I thought, too. Well, back over at the Fairmont, the conference continues, and Leslie is a guest speaker presenting on the merger and is quickly presented with concern that the merger may not yet be all she wrote, so to speak. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Still in San Francisco, we now cut, as you mentioned, Alan, to the National Parks Conference, which is now underway, and we see Leslie on stage speaking to the assembled audience about a topic entitled Merger, she wrote. I love it. Love it. Logistical challenges and mid-range municipal consolidations about the, the Pawnee-Eagleton merger. Yeah. And everything seems to be going, you know, fairly well at first. Um, but when Leslie mentions that Pawnee and Eagleton will be fully integrated within the next 6 to 12 months, a few members of the audience scoff in disbelief. One woman warns Leslie that merging governments requires constant hands-on management and that the merger, in fact, that she was in charge of started 10 years ago and has just now been completed. Wow. Leslie protests, saying she has a system. However, a man speaks up, agreeing with the woman from before that, yeah, this is going to take 10 years minimum. And also, like Leslie, he had a system too. But system failed. Hometown hit hard times. Yep. And ultimately, it was converted to, don't say it, unincorporated territory oh my God. lost his cityhood to say Leslie was shaken by all this, I think is an understatement. Yeah. I mean, you've got Michelle Obama on one hand, right? And you've got unincorporated territory on the other. Don't even say those words. That's scary yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's scary stuff. Yeah. Well, we now head back to Tom's Bistro where things are not going quite as well as they could. And even Tom starts to see that he may have overcommitted with the aggressive early opening. 
Yeah, we, we cut back to good old Pawnee, and specifically to Tom's Bistro, where we see everyone is trying their best to prepare for the soft opening. Unfortunately, things are continuing to go wrong. So, for example, Donna is trying her best to work with sinus-handicapped Craig, but their <laughs> team-up is not working, and Craig is having a meltdown. Well, go figure. Well, a man without a palate is not a man. Yep, I agree. I've always said that. Ron is uh, behind on his work, at least according to Tom, and I get it. And when Tom asks him to lower his standards a little bit to speed up his process, he point blank refuses. No, nope. like that's not that's not kosher. I'm not doing that. Jerry is breaking stuff. First, it was just a glass, which Tom waves off. That's good luck. Actually, it's supposed to be good luck for a restaurant opening. But when Jerry b- bends over to pick it up, he knocks over several shelves of glassware, and so then and they all go crashing to the floor. Out on the restaurant floor, we see several customers, including investor Mitch Savner, mm. looking rather concerned and uncomfortable at all of the strange and unsettling noise coming from the back. It's kind of like all these things are supposed to be happening, you know, kind of in the back room backstage. Mm-hmm. But apparently that doesn't really exist here. They're almost in plain sight of everybody. Yep. Yeah, that's not good. Well, back in Pacific time, the, the cones are still standing. But Ben soon remembers that age old maxim. It's all about the cones, Mark. Back in San Francisco, we cut once again to the Grizzle Campus, where we see a large crowd has gathered around the Cones of Dunshire game. It's been a long, intense game, but the wheat has been separated from the chaff, with the game finally narrowing down to Ben versus Mike Bean, the male owner of Grizzle that he talked to before. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare for the battle of the century. Harvey, forsooth, my good sir, play yonder clip post-haste. Play an action card. Build a bell tower inside your citadel. My shaman cast a toy bar spell on your prosperity tile. <laughs> Looks like someone's out of resource gems. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> He's studying the board. Mm-hmm. What's this? I'm offering you a draw right here, right now. <laughs> Why would I? D- I'm winning. I have all your resource gems. This is your last chance. Uh Uh-oh. Roll the dice. Gladly. (laughs) Move my abbot to the ocean hex, which moves my brinksman to the devil's lair and pushes my farmer, yes, my humble farmer, Mm. directly into the central cone. He tips his cone in defeat. Oh, boy. Yeah, man, we did it! This whole company is ours! (laughs) Oh, no, it's not. That's mine! It's all mine! For the record, I did invent this game. But it doesn't even matter because I won and I get another chance to prove that there is something truly special about Pawnee. Yes, there is. It's the home of the architect. Let's talk. Hey, man, I don't know what you're up to, but get to my office. We're cutting that hair. (laughs) (laughs) Mike looked a little concerned that Andy might actually get his hands on his hair, his beautiful hair. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Mike Bean is is the the dude from uh, Workaholics. He is, yes, Um, that's right. And, uh, yeah, I love... I love this whole scene, and and a lot of it is just the silence and the pacing. So it is, I mean, it's yeah. it's so worth yeah, you know, watching. Yeah. Um, 
I love Andy's response. Like he he knows this is high stakes, but he <laughs> blows it like, oh, the com- this is for the whole company. Like the whole, company's he doesn't are, quite understand that. That's the, mine. Yeah. You give me that. That's mine. <laughs> he had a bicycle around his neck. He was oh ready God. to go. Andy, you cracked me up. Sweet, <laughs> stupid Andy. Oh, boy. Well, back at Tom's Bistro, we are reminded that not all Italian words are pasta, and there are topics that are best to avoid when eating a fine meal or even whatever they're actually prepared to serve tonight. <laughs> back in good old Pawnee, we now cut again to Tom's Bistro, where we see Tom walking out to Mitch Savener's table to talk to him. So far, Mitch is not real happy with the way that things have been going but tom attempts to soothe his nerves he says april you know get out here take his order so april quickly recites everything from memory which is a little weird and then mitch asks for a menu and april said you cannot have a menu on account of jerry's dog rectum which doesn't (laughs) really make sense out of context but you know angers mitch a little bit because you don't tell me about dog rectum right in the middle of my meal. And Jerry walks up to them all at that point and starts talking about the salve that he and Gail need to apply to Lord Sheldon. To his anus. Alan. Every hour. That is the final straw that broke the dog's anus. Yes. Or the camel's back. Whatever it is. Mitch angrily gets up, tells Tom he has no idea how to run a restaurant, to consider his investment in Tom's Bistro terminated, mm. and leaves. Poor Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as a sign of how quickly they rush thing, Ron stops him and says, "Uh, were you staying in that chair? He says, yes. Yes, yes, I was. Why? He Mm -hmm. says, "Uh, no reason. And he's got like, you know, varnish all over his back. Yep. So he's going to be mad about that too when he gets home. Mitch is going to be mad. Yeah. Well, doesn't matter. He's not an investor anymore. That's right. Or Joe Honk Herman. Yeah. Well, back in San Francisco, it's time to head home. And while the cones may be spreading... Leslie is seriously considered staying put. Yeah, we cut back to San Francisco and, and we see Leslie and Ben now inside of a, a like a taxi minivan. Yep. And they're I think they're driving to San Francisco International Airport so that they can catch a flight home. And we hear Ben telling Leslie in in the taxi how he got free wireless for Pawnee after all and how Cones of Dunshire has spread apparently all over the Internet and how how bummed he is that he never actually mm-hmm. copyrighted mm. it. Damn. Leslie responds politely, but Ben can tell something's off. And when he asks what's up, Leslie tells him that she now has to turn down the job. Clearly her experience as the, at the National Parks Conference really did rattle her a lot. When Ben reminds her uh, uh, that she already made up her mind, and by the way, met Rebecca Veruvium and Leanne Bonneville and Michelle freaking Obama. Leslie admits, I, I know, I know, like, and the job is perfect. Like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I want to stay and I want to go. Yep. Like the song. She's, she's, that's the only thing she's 100% certain of. And as the taxi approaches the terminal, Ben tells the driver, nope, you know what? We'll, the hell with our flight. We miss our flight. Uh, we just keep driving. And then he turns to Leslie and says, no, here's the deal. We don't get out of this taxi until we make up our mind if we're moving away from Pawnee yep. or not. So there you go. It's on. It's on. Well, Mark, from there, back at Tom's Bistro, Tom is considering calling it quits, but gets a much-needed boost from his team. Yeah, we cut back to Pawnee, specifically Tom's Bistro. Well, the soft open, Alan, was clearly disastrous, mm-hmm. and the place is now empty. And It was just five, in, five weeks and five six days early what what could have gone wrong yeah no big deal 
So yeah, the, the place is now deserted, it's empty, and we see Tom sitting at the bar with Ron kind of acting as temporary bartender, mm-hmm. and April's Love in the it. background looking on. Harvey, play the clip, man. So you screwed up a little. You tried to shoot the moon and you came up short. That doesn't mean it's over. My main investor pulled out. Any dollar I spend from now on is my own. And despite what my pocket square says, I'm not a billionaire. <laughs> so, I quit. Let's go home, Ron. Not done with the chairs yet. It is my belief that you never start a job you don't intend to finish. Really? I love quitting. When I was a kid and things didn't go my way, I would just take my ball and go home. That's better than winning, because then your friends can't play anymore. Hey! No, my stemware! You are not quitting. I just called a bunch of reviewers, and I told them that the soft opening went great, and I invited them to come here on Friday. Why would you do this to me? You worked really hard. You owe it to yourself to give it a real shot, because you are smart and talented. Well, I hate doing work, but I love being flattered, so (laughs) maybe I'll give it another try. Good. It's a smart move, son. Thanks, Ron. Because you currently owe me $16,000 for the wood. The labor was free, but the wood was a bargain at $16,000. Yikes. (laughs) I want to know what kind of wood he used. Isn't there some sort of like tree that grows in Asgard that that maybe he got the wood from? (laughs) It's got to be an Asgardian tree. Right. For $16,000. I mean, to be fair, those guys know how to grow trees. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Like Yggdrasil. (laughs) <laughs> Bless you. There, you. there you have it, yes. Speaking of Loki. Well, Mark, back in the cab, even the driver doesn't get it. And, uh, you know, he had a little bit of bidgy going on. And uh, Ben figures out how to help Leslie make this big decision. Yeah, back in San Francisco, back in the taxi minivan, we see Leslie and Ben continuing to be driven around, clearly not yet having made a decision. Harvey, play the clip, man. You know, it's none of my business, but how can you not take this big job? I know, it's an amazing job. And on the other hand, it it does seem like you've put down some really deep roots in your hometown. Yeah, welcome to the predicament, Horace. The town (laughs) will be okay without you if you leave. So what does your gut tell you? I'm never gonna be able to decide. I'm gonna be paralyzed by hypotheticals until I die here, in this minivan, at the San Francisco airport. (laughs) Wait a second, I have an idea. Drive here. Where are we going? Oh, it's right up here. Just trust me. Boy, I'm on Endor. <laughs> These are the redwoods George Lucas used to create the forest moon of Endor. Very cool. Sorry, that's not why we're here. <laughs> well, that is a gorgeous view. Yes, it is. But don't look at that. Look at this. You've been thinking about this job in the abstract. Focus on what it actually means. We're standing in a national park that stretches 50 miles. That's a presidio over there. It's a national park. So is Alcatraz. And so are the redwoods we just walked through, by the way. You take this job, places like this will be your office. Well, that is a compelling point. We got back from London. You said that it's a very big world and you've seen very little of it. This is your chance, honey. This whole region, Mount Rushmore, the Badlands, the Ozarks, Abe Lincoln's childhood home, you would be in charge of all of it. Your job would be to preserve the most beautiful places on Earth so millions of people could enjoy them. And those places 
the greatest treasures America has to offer will all have signs with your name right there. Hi, Grant. I want the job. Uh, I have a lot of questions, but I'm a little amped up right now, so I'll probably just hang up. Might be for the best. But anyway, I love you. No, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was weird. Okay, bye. Oh, this is Lester Knopf. No, you know what? Okay, bye. Smoothly handled, Lester. Yeah, I panicked. <laughs> we should go. We have a lot of stuff to do. And the meter's still running in that cab, so chop chop. Really? Yeah. Uh oh. There you go. Yeah. Probably worth it, though. I, I like the callback that they made. It kind of gives it a kind of a bookend feel. Yeah. The callback they made to London. London. Because yeah. Ben says, look, when we got back from London, you said, it's a very big world. You've seen very little of it. Which is a good quote from there. It is a good quote. And I, I think it's uh, part of what she's struggling with. It's like, you know, it's easy to stay in the thing you already know, even if it's not the greatest place for you to be. I also like how when Ben is trying to convince her, he's, he's listing off all these things and then he said, you know, those places, the greatest treasures America has to offer will all have signs with your name right yeah. there. And he points to the lower left corner of the map that he happens to be right. standing by where it has the name Rebecca Veruvian. That's right. Just to punctuate. Yeah. Like that's your idol. Yeah. That could be your peer. That could be you. That's right. The one she met at lunch. That's right. And had the poster up. The oh, poster. Rebecca Veruvian. <laughs> yeah. It is good. I, I love that whole sequence. And uh it, I don't know if have you ever been to Muir Woods? That's the scene where it's basically indoor. Yeah. Oh, no, I haven't. It is probably one of, in my opinion, one of the most humbling experiences you will ever have. Because they're giant. Like you can't, the, 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 the video there, even which our viewers obviously couldn't see, but obviously. even if they could, it does not do it perspective. I took dozens of pictures. They, you can't, I couldn't even frame the trees. They're that tall. Right. Even laying on my back. I still like couldn't get them all in the frame. It's right. just, it's their gargantuan. You feel like ants next to them. Very much so. Yeah, yeah like Ant Man. Yep. So, <laughs> well, Mark, in our next scene, Leslie prepares to share this giant news with her team, and she decides to do a no risk trial run first. <laughs> yeah, we're we're now back in Pawnee. I think a little bit of time has elapsed from our last scene because Leslie and Ben are oh. now back in yeah. Pawnee. Leslie is, in fact, sitting in her office, yeah. and we see that she has called in Jerry. And you uh, lose that time on the way home from San Francisco. Oh, yeah. 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 Talk about jet lag. Yeah, it just goes right down the tube. Uh, she called in Jerry to speak to her. Uh -oh. uh, and, and Leslie tells us via, via talking head that since she decided to accept the job, which we just found out, she now needs to think about breaking the news to everyone that she's leaving. And she decides that Jerry will be a good practice run because it doesn't need to go well because who the hell cares? It's Jerry. Jerry. When Jerry comes in, Leslie tries to tell him, but she breaks down crying. And then Jerry starts crying, misinterpreting Leslie's angst as uh, <laughs> he, he explains to a confused Donna who walks by. Like, what's um, going on? Jerry explains, like, oh, Leslie uh, almost fired me. And then she realized in the moment that she loves having me around and she couldn't do it. And Leslie's <laughs> like, no, that's, you're an idiot. That's you're not, not even close. Right. They're just all sobbing. And Jerry leaves and yeah. he's sobbing in gratitude about what he thought he just witnessed. And yeah. then April walks by and she's crying as well because she... <laughs> She thought Leslie was going to fire Jerry. And <laughs> Why you did didn't? you fire him? That causes me great distress. So now everyone's crying oh and everyone's God. confused. Fade to black. I love it. <laughs> I think the only one that wasn't crying was Donna, although she probably was on the verge of tears there. So, 
Well, Mark, as the Unity concert is about to kick off, Tom rallies the troops one last time for Operation After Party and imparts the importance of a successful showing. Right. I, I wasn't sure, Alan, if if here we kind of time jumped again to the first day of the Unity concert or not. But, but either way, I think some time has passed. And yeah. Tom has kind of, um, I think Tom has kind of mentally started to rally. And and either way, we, we so we cut to City Hall yep. and we see Tom in the parks conference room talking to his audience about his determination to make the Unity concert at Tom's Bistro the stuff of legends. Harvey, play the clip, man. Opening of Tom's Bistro was a disaster. So what? This is America. And America's a land of second chances. And now we have one night, one after party to make the world realize that Tom's Bistro is where miracles can happen. Thomas, I have to work all day at the Unity concert. If you're going to pull this off, we need more people. I know, and I didn't want to do this, but I called in some reinforcements. Did someone call for a party zoo? A pig at the end. Craig, this is my friend John Ralphio and his twin sister Mona Lisa. All right, so we got a four-way going with my ex, mm -hmm. my brother, and this rando. Okay, if that's where the night is going. It's nine in the morning. Uh, it's not a four-way, and I need your help. Ugh. And you both once lied about me to your father and basically caused the downfall of my last business, so you owe me a favor. I owe you a favor? Oh, boy. I stole $2,000 from you. I'm the person that sneaks into your home every night and eats your food. Oh, so he, oh right. So I do owe you a favor. Tommy, I'm gonna help you out, okay? And she's gonna help you too because you owe me a favor. Uh, do you remember the time you made me dress up as you and go on a date with one of your ex-boyfriends? Mm. And then the guy immediately figured it out and beat me up? Uh, oh, now you remember what I beat up. Yeah. Who are these people? They are awful and horrifying, and I love them. <laughs> Take these VIP invitations. Find all the A-list peeps at the concert and get them to the restaurant tonight. I gotta stop by the parks office. I'll meet you later. Godspeed. I like your energy, hombre. What do you say you and I ride go-karts later? I wanna go horseback riding. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what would happen when you got those two in a room, and now we know. They're so different personalities, but they mesh. There's some weird meshing, yes. I guess due to Tom's comment, like, yeah, get them tonight. to the restaurant tonight. So we have jumped at like four to five days it's now the first day of the unity concert i think it's five days later technically yeah yeah so here we are well mark we are now in council chambers and andy is about to rally the many volunteers for the unity concert but takes a minute to offer duke silver one last chance to join the formal lineup that's right we now cut to city council chambers where we see a huge throng of people including but going beyond the parks and rec gang gathered together for one final Unity concert planning session. Andy, after briefly and unsuccessfully trying one last time to get Ron to play as Duke Silver at the Unity concert, leads the planning session, going through everyone's tasks, what they need to do, etc. Now, beyond everyone's individual tasks and goals, their overall goal is to get 2,000 people to sign up for the Pawnee Eagleton Merger Preservation Volunteer Action Squad. They really need a smaller name. Yeah. Barely fit on that cap. They end the meeting happily and optimistically with everyone cheering, you know, as they prepare for the day ahead of them. And as the crowd starts to disperse, we hear Leslie ask the Parks and Rec gang to eh, hang back for a second. Huh, 
perhaps there's something that she's going to tell them. I wonder what it could I be. I wonder what it could be. I love Andy said, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is yep. to accept the following missions. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost purred happily-esque. It was very happily-esque. Yeah. I like it, yeah. Well, just as the Unity concert is about to begin, Craig takes a shot at getting purred, happily speaking of purred, mm -hmm. over to the after party. Yeah, this is a, a pretty short scene. So in a nutshell, uh, it seems like the, the Unity concert, it is the first day of the Unity concert, yeah. but it's still in the preparation stage, so it hasn't officially started. And we see Purd Happily kind of mulling. It starts at 4 o'clock. It's probably 11. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, we see Purd Happily mulling around the concert grounds. Uh, and then we see Craig approach Purd, tell him he's a huge fan, that Tom's Bistro is having a Unity concert after party, and to please come tonight. After confusing Craig a little bit with a few eccentric Purdisms, <laughs> a nonplussed Craig finally hands Purd the invitation. There you go. I guess he's coming. I, I, I was left with the impression that he's coming, I, but no certainty. Yes, it, it, he wasn't against it, but he didn't say yes. But it had all the components that he likes. Yes. People, places, and things, basically. I mean, yeah. Purd. Oh, okay. Yeah, so basically it had nouns. Nouns, yes. <laughs> it had all the nouns. Because a noun is a person, place, or thing. Sure, why I learned not? that from Schoolhouse Rock. We did. Oh, my God. I love Schoolhouse Rock. Yep. Yeah. Check it out, kids. Well, Mark, the gang, is all hanging out in council chambers, and Leslie finally reads them in on her future plans, even though she is still terrified to hear their response. Yeah, we now cut back to city council chambers, and everyone is now gone, except the Parks and Rec gang, who hung back per Leslie's request. And we see Leslie and Ben facing the rest of the gang, and then Leslie addresses them. Harvey, play the clip. Um, the reason I wanted you guys to stick around is I wanted to tell you that I love and admire you. Oh, Leslie, thank you. You say that every morning. <laughs> a while ago, I was offered a job at the National Park Service. And it's a great opportunity, but it means that I'll have to move to Illinois. And I took the job. Good for you! Congratulations, Nope. The sentimental people in this office will probably miss you. <laughs> when do you leave? Soon, maybe a month. Oh, that makes what we're about to show you a little bit awkward. We got a new Founders Day statue commissioned and added your name to the list of founders upon you. Because you basically founded this new town. Leslie Nope, champion of the Pawnee Eagleton merger, our most faithful citizen. She never abandoned us. Oh boy. There's a quote too. Only a moron would ever live anywhere other than Pawnee, Indiana. <laughs> Leslie Nope, multiple occasions. I can cut a new plinth with a less ironic inscription. This is so touching, you guys. <laughs> I'm crying out of happiness and sadness and gratitude, and because I'm carrying triplets and for a fifth reason that I can't figure out. Leslie, don't cry. It's not that great. It doesn't even look like you. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It kind of does. Well, it's about that time. Unity concert! Looks like Leslie needs a hug. Yeah. I mean, that was very sweet, what they did. I mean, the, the monument, the, the plinth doesn't really look like her. Well, I mean, it kind of does. kind of does. Sweet, stupid Andy. Oh yeah, God, I, I love, love that. It. Yeah. And, of course, the quote, only an idiot would live anywhere else. And, of course, what does she want to do now? Yeah. I mean, it seems like the gang took her leaving, like, pretty well. They're happy for her. I, I think she was pleasantly surprised at the reactions. Right. Even yeah. though they will miss her. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not Ron. 
All right, Mark, I think we've pretty much reached our halfway point. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Let's compare our notes. We'll come back. We'll wrap up today's episode. Yep. And we'll set up next week's episode. Yep. Sounds good, man. All right. We will be right back, everybody. Ron, are you ready to get this done? I don't suppose I really have a choice, do I? Don't answer. That was rhetorical. <clears throat> Moses supposes his woodshop is none of anyone's business, but Moses supposes erroneously. Ron. Hello. My name is Ron Swanson. Since my choices are to either do this or have my woodshop closed due to recently identified zoning infractions, please allow me to be your tour guide and welcome you to the Pawnee City Hall's fourth floor. Here you will find the DMV, divorce filings, and probation offices. Our lovely staff, led by office manager and 12-time City Hall Strip Bingo Tournament champion, Ethel Beavers, is always willing to help you out. City health inspectors state that children under 14 are expressly forbidden after 3 p.m. All visitors must sign the guest book slash waiver upon entering and leaving. Here are five tips to make your visit to the fourth floor as enjoyable as possible. Tip number one. The fourth floor may be accessed via elevator only, as Stairwell 1 is flooded and Stairwell 4 has been donated to Pawnee Community College's Paranormal Studies Department. Tip number two. When you reach the fourth floor, it may look as if the lights are off. They are merely on at a low level to inhibit growth of a rare mold. Stay within the elevator compartment until your eyes adjust. Tip number three. Proceed to the security desk nearby, taking care to remove any metal and loose change from your pockets. Walk through the metal detector, then the electromagnetic field detector, then retrieve your belongings from the guard. Tip 3B. Be sure to count your change. Our contract guards cannot always be trusted. Tip 4. Proceed to your intended department. Do not make eye contact with anyone. Do not speak to anyone. Do not accept suspicious packages from anyone. Do not answer any ringing payphones. Do not eat anything you find, even if it is in its original sealed packaging. And if a man named Gary introduces himself, find the nearest blue phone and alert security immediately. And finally, and most importantly, tip five, have fun. To help make the most of your planned trip, the City Hall 4th Floor Directory of Offices currently includes the following. Department of Parking Enforcement. Department of Tax Enforcement and Road Hazards. Hmm. Department of Records and Microfiche Storage. Department of Probation. Department of Disease Control and Insect Abatement. On-site Convalescent Slash Recovery Ward for Workers at Department of Disease Control. Department of Senior Health Services. Department of Death Records and, conveniently, the City Morgue. Department of Magical Beasts. Damn it, Leslie, I knew I saw you with this script. <clears throat> and finally, the Department of Solid Waste Removal and Water Recycling. <sighs> Please note, the following items are prohibited on the fourth floor. Crossbows, bolo ties, poison and other liquids in jugs, fountain pens, baseball cleats, Ninja Throwing Stars, Blowgun and Blow Darts, Tekokaji or Hand Claws, and, for some reason, Friendship Bracelets. Please note that Pepper Spray and Nunchucks are allowed for personal defense should your appointment be scheduled after 11 a.m. 
when visiting the fourth floor i would take it as a personal favor if you do not tell them ron sent you i have enough issues with the fourth floor as it is thus ends the public service announcement my community service is complete thank you that is all nice job ron one take you can take this psa and position it in your fourth floor All right, everybody, we're back. Mm -hmm. Well, Mark, I'll tell you what. I, I, I'd like to ask you a question and just get your general impressions. Mm. If you had to score right now, just based on the first, what we're calling the first half, and we're roughly there, how would you score it so far? Oh, I don't like this question. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, I was not informed I was going to be asked this uh -oh. question. Um, Okay. What are your thoughts in general, then? Let me explain, Lucy. You're going to dodge. I can feel it already. <laughs> I, I think that any time that you have an episode that contains plot points that are not yet resolved, yeah. I think that mm. while understandable, in a general sense, it can work against it because it's like it's an unfulfilled sentence, yeah. an, an incomplete sentence. Um. However, I know that the intent was to watch these together as we kind of illustrated. So it, it's it's tough for me to take this just on its own. Yeah. I, I think. Plus, they didn't really air it that way, right? I mean, they had a three-minute gap, you know, commercial potty break, whatever, right, right. between the two episodes. But they didn't air it with the intent of leaving you hanging for a week. But, but I tell you what, I think that this has been a stellar job so far. I think that they've addressed some of the big points, even if not in absolute complete portions, I think that they've done a few things like, for example, Cones of Dunshire. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant comeback. Yeah. You know, reintroducing that. Yeah. And, and I loved seeing Ben as essentially like a Tom Cruise level badass. Loved it. Like, like, you know, this is for yeah. high stakes. It's all about the cones. <laughs> Which, interestingly enough, that dialogue yes. is in the standard edition, but not the producer's yeah, cut, which I thought was out. interesting. I, I did not remember that. I, I When I see Ben lean down, I hear it in my head because of the meme, right? Right, right. And it's all about the cones. And, and, and you know. when I looked at the dialogue, I didn't expect that. Like, I was stunned yeah. to find that out. Yeah. Um, I, I think because of all the reasons I said, and because, you know, blah, 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 incomplete sentences, whatever I said. Right. I, I think it would be very, very difficult for me to give this a 10 but mm. I think it potentially has the makings of one had things just been a little bit more complete. And it you has like some, where it's headed. I love where it's headed. Okay. I, I love that that things are, I think, intelligently coming yeah. to a, a, a point mm. in, in terms of the plots. And yes, they haven't finished them, but I love Ben convincing leslie to take this job yeah. that felt like a and very the way he ben did it, thing to do he knew her right he knew what to do just like grant knew where to where to kind of flex and you know to get her to take the bait ben knew how to get her to to like go along with it basically right yeah. right the the only thing that i would mention just in passing is i think i would change one thing so far what's that well you know we, we've said a lot about how um there's a there are legions of fans that love Jerry, yeah, and and are sometimes they get rather upset because they feel like he's he's treated poorly for no reason, and yeah. they kind of bristle at that, like he's a really kind, decent guy, and you shouldn't yeah. do that to him, etc. I think this is just my opinion. 
I I could have forgiven anything and everything that they ever did to him. Yeah. If in in this one moment where everything's coming to a head, Leslie could have said, "You know what? You're my friend." Or, or I mean, whatever. Yeah. Instead, she almost callously for Leslie said, "Well." who gives a crap if Larry, if, if you know, if Jerry doesn't like what I have yeah. to say, cause it's, it's like, it's Jerry. He's less than a human being. And I know this is a sitcom. I shouldn't be taking it this yeah, seriously, but it just <clears throat> felt, especially coming from Leslie. Like yeah. if Tom had said that I'd go, all right, some, yeah. Yeah. but I just expected better from Leslie. I think, you know what, that's true because I think if she's ever going to be sentimental about the entire experience, which would include Larry, Jerry, you know, Terry, right. Right. I mean, now would be the time. And I mean, yet she, she didn't. She cared enough to try and give him a retirement party. Yeah. Why would she all of a sudden not give a crap about him now? It just they, seemed they a could have done 97, maybe 98% of exactly what they did and just had a slight turnaround that would have given that a little bit of heart and done exactly what you're talking about. Now, it's a small I, thing, but it would have made a difference. Do I think that that spoiled the episode? Nah. No, not by any means. Yeah, yeah. But it did stand out it stood out to you no i like that that's a great point well you know we we're not going to score this first half obviously we're going to score the whole thing but i can tell you that in the airing you know basically imdb gives you a chance to rate the episode Mm -hmm. and so does you know basically every other platform for that matter but in this particular case part one was rated an average of 8.8 Part two was rated higher hmm. at 9.3. Wow. So I, I think in general, I see the trend of our sentiment here that, you know, people felt the same way. Part one is incomplete. So how do you even score it in the first place? So um, I think it's smart that maybe we don't. What are, what are your thoughts about the first half so far? Anything to um, share? I, you know what? Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I feel like it's the ramp up. And so it's, you know... We're, I'd say we might be kind of leveling out where we end this episode or where we ended this episode. And there's still a lot to go, right? I mean, there's the Unity concert. There's the what's going to happen with the after party? Will it be successful? Dot, 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 right? Um, you know, will Leslie actually move forward in, in with this? She's told Grant she's going to, right. but it's yet to be seen if she actually will, you know, what's that mean for her and Ben in terms of where they're going to live and who's going to lead the parks department. And, you know, presumably Leslie has been back in that role, although I'm not sure they ever really established that. Um, but you know, it's just, there's a lot of open ends at this point. Right. So right. for me, I, I like, I'm just kind of waiting. Right. And, and as you pointed out, you know, we, we chose to cut it here cause it seemed like, a good stopping point. Yeah, it's and, a lot and, to talk and, about and, in one episode. And kind yeah. of halfway. But where we left off was like we're literally now precisely on the cusp of the Unity concert for real. Yeah, it's about to happen. About yeah. to start. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good place for us to leave off until next week. I agree. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you tuning in. And uh, we're excited to be back with part two. And we hope to see you then. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.